1: come meet me at the museo with alan and daniel we'll talk about the cardinals all night long
0: Good morning and welcome into another edition of Meet Me At Mutual. I'm your host and at C70 with me as always, Alan Medlock, A Medlock one On the Twitters, we are coming to you Saturday morning, the 23rd, most likely for the last time in 2023 as we get ready for the holidays. But Alan, how you doing and how prepared are you for Christmas?
1: I think we're really, really where I feel great. Um, I've eaten horribly and still feel great since <laughs> I'm off school. Fifteenth was my last day, but uh, I think we're prepared. I, I am I'm awaiting one FedEx package as we speak, and uh, it's going to show up a little bit early. So cross your fingers, and we're we're done. I'm going to get Emmy from uh, my oldest from or my middle from uh, uh, school today, so we'll have everybody home this afternoon.
0: That'll be nice. That will be nice. We're. Um I think there's a couple things that are going to come after Christmas, but they weren't huge things and we've got replacements for them. So uh, for the most part, everything is, is done and most of it's under the tree already. So looking forward to, you know, full day of church tomorrow with the yeah. morning service and then the evening service and then, um, and then Christmas on, on Christmas day. So it it's good. It is, you know, uh, honestly, here school ran till yesterday mm. um so we haven't really had that chance to you know at least not even have to take the kids or the kid the, the older one's home from Fayetteville but uh the one that's still in high school um so we're getting that time where we get a little bit of a a little bit of a break a couple of days off of work uh like you said just eating absolute junk um, oh, man. Part, you know? no. um we had our annual party and we didn't have as many cookies and stuff left over as normal, but there's still some. And so every time yeah. you walk through the kitchen, you're getting a couple, um, it seems like. so, um, But we'll survive. Uh, we'll have a joy, good time here. And then we'll, we'll flip the calendars of the new year in a couple of weeks. But before we do, uh, we, got, we got baseball stuff to talk about. And uh, I thought we would get into it a little bit more. And, and most notably, uh, man, the Dodgers. The yeah. Dodgers. You know, I didn't didn't really worry too much about the Shohei. I'm not that I worried. I mean, the Dodgers are a good team. I didn't care as much about the Shohei thing, but uh, you know, Yamamoto been holding that torch. To see him go there as well was was kind of hard. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's funny. I know that we held out hope
1: a little bit that Yamamoto would end up in St. Louis, but it, it to me just felt like uh, you know it was going to be down to down to the coast. And that you had a little bit of desperation coming out of uh, New York to grab them, one of the New Yorks to grab them. But the minute that uh, the Shohei contract kind of came out to show that there was a lot of deferred money and they're essentially not paying him much this year, made me think that ah, they're going to be they're going to kind of be a monster in this because it makes a whole lot of sense to bring him in or Yamamoto that is bring him in with Shohei and and uh, you know you you paid essentially what four hundred sixty some million and present value for a guy that's not going to pitch this year. And you never know how effective he will be again. I mean, you, you have, you, you're, you, you know, you want to kind of look past that and hope that he's a 40 home run guy in Otani, but and then it still didn't fix your, uh, fix your, your rotation that, that, that was probably their weekly last year. So they go and make a trade for glass now with some of the depth that they have there. And then you still have plenty of money to play in the Yama, Yamamoto, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's one of those situations to where, yeah, the rich get richer in one of those things. And the difference between the Dodgers and, say, the Cardinals is, yeah, the Cardinals could probably afford that, but they can't afford if it went bad, where mm-hmm. the Dodgers are positioned to where they can't go bad. I would never give that link to anybody, much less a, much less an arm. And, uh, you know, that's just that's one luxury L.A. has, and, you know, they're willing to stomach something if it goes wrong.
0: That is true, and yeah, once it got into the you know the rumors of $300 million, you did yeah. see the Cardinals playing in that market. I would be very interested, and I don't know if we'll ever know for sure, although we probably get some reporting at some point in time. I would like to know if the Cardinals were at least active in that, because, you know, let's be fair. Lars Newtbar is working his butt off, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it, it was interesting to, you know, because he had the interview with uh, Jim Hayes on on the Cats do uh, YouTube thing. And, you know, he, as he said, he's like, he, he's being honest with him, but he really was pushing, you know, hey, St. Louis, this is, you know, it's a great place to play. And this is all this. And I would like to know if the Cardinals were at least active in that, or they, did they ever, you know, communicate directly? Did they ever have, you know, some sort of contract offer put on the table? Now, was reading some things about how you know, Moto basically didn't start accepting contract offers until the last couple of days, you know, yeah. just talking and filling teams out. So I'd like to think if nothing else that they <clears throat> were involved, but, um, and not scared off by the fact that it, you know, it did look like one of the, uh, uh, the coast teams was going to get into it. I will say it's got to be really frustrating, to be a giants fan, um, because I was reading articles, you know, last week about how Yamoto was like the the free agent they wanted the most, yeah, ever. You know, they never there was no no way they didn't want him. And of course, they were big in the in the Shohei um, contest as well. And you know, come up short on all those things um, is tough. We know that, right? We Cardinals have been there, <laughs> yeah short on on players. But um, yeah, I just I hope that the Cardinals active in this because they you know they're and we've we've had this discussion a lot but you know they've they've made a big deal i know i say they have made a big deal they probably haven't but it's been reported enough that you know they had their connections with oryx they have their scouts over there they have some people that have influence in that area and it's like if you've got all these assets you know and you're not using them here when are you going to use them yeah um I, that's what i'm i'm really interested to see
1: well and you know what I felt like there was enough smoke to uh, to the whole rumor situation and with newt bar saying the things that he said and I know that that's not what I mean any player is gonna say those kind of things mm-hmm. but uh, but it does make me think that there was probably some interest there and not one that when they said when they made the moves they did early that it was like okay now're we're, we're out of this I felt like they probably had a number that they were willing to go like they always do and when they realized they got past that things got much less interesting in that camp my question goes to this i know you saying everything about the the, the scouting and the interest that they've had in the uh, you know on the uh, in the uh, in the foreign markets and in all the uh, the money that they put into that kind of makes me backtrack the, on this statement a little bit, but there was clearly a, pu- a, a puke point for them that they were going to reach that that they just weren't interested in anymore. It wasn't a it wasn't a how hey, let's just see see what uh, let's meet him let's see what he thinks of here and and mm-hmm. and we'll move on and, and move to something else. I think they had their sights set on moving on the the Greys Gibson the lens of the world right away because they wanted to be in St. Louis and I feel like there was there was enough interest there that they were going to bring that in and they felt like they had enough flexibility to break to be able to do that my issue turns into was it a Yamamoto or nothing type deal because I would love and I know this is as far-fetched as it comes and it's just been it probably will not happen but if you had an x amount of money set for Yamamoto what would make you not redirect and go to Montgomery now somebody that that you're used to you know especially if you you've you've kind of you've left the door open for the possibility of another starter coming They it's also one of those to where you may have made your trade for the offseason already and if you're going to bring somebody in it may be money alone so i it it's a question that i thought of immediately and it it's one of those to where yeah i felt bad for the giants on the yamamoto deal i felt i feel, i don't think that the the jays were ever necessarily in that market, but I'm sure they probably played around with it. And then you have the East coast teams who really haven't done much. Well, Mm -hmm. the the Yankees, I would say with Soto, but uh, they haven't answered a lot of those questions. So, you know, you and I were talking a little bit yesterday, how this probably points to a pretty good sign that, that your, your Snells and your, your Montgomery's and your Stroman's and those guys of the world are going to kind of reap the benefits of this. And I think that you could probably put Bellinger in that now that, that, that the uh, the albatross has been signed, and and what we thought was holding up the market, now it's probably going to probably benefit probably the, the top six, seven, eight guys that are on the list, hitter or pitcher. You know that it kind of to rally back. I I still think that if the Cardinals do have the money to do something along those lines, man, you know to go uh to go against things that uh, that they've usually tried to avoid but man wouldn't it be fun to bring in a montgomery and then figure out the rest of it you know i mean they would i would say that you know behind you know in public they would think that they they feel like they have six seven guys that can start a game right now but you know you bring in montgomery you know you do and things get really interesting for you you know and then then i mean you really break the mold you bring in you do some interesting things and you do some interesting things with a guy that's, that's succeeded in St. Louis. Um, you know, I don't know pipe dream for me. Definitely. This is also a guy I wanted to see them re-sign in spring and not trade and keep and, and double down and, and, uh, and keep. And, you know, they, they probably played it right by the trade and bringing back prospects, but I just, I just hope the door's not closed on that.
0: I don't know. Um, you know, I feel like if the Cardinal in, in, I don't know how much Cardinals were in on Yamamoto, right? I mean, we, we got all the reporting this winter about how they were going to be players and stuff like that. And I just wonder if, you know, it was... They they were going to... Once they got Sonny Gray, they were out. You know what I'm saying? Um, that they were going to either get in Yamamoto's mix or get in Gray's mix. And once Gray looked like he was about to sign, they didn't want to miss that opportunity which is not great because I can't remember if Yamamoto was even posted by that point in time, but you know, you knew what, you knew what things were going to cost. And then you automatically, if, so you weren't that active is what I'm getting at. If you, if you went out and signed all these guys and then said, well, now we can't do Yamamoto, then you weren't that interested in the beginning. Yeah, um, and I, I, which would be sad. Now, if they were still in it and, you know, at the end, I do think it was probably much like the Mets who have said, look, we're going after Yamamoto because he's a generational type talent. If we don't get him, you know, we're retrenching, you know, and we're not signing. They're not necessarily going to be in the market for a Montgomery or a, or a Snell or anything like that, just because they were going after Yamamoto. And I feel like the Cardinals are the same way. You know, they'll, you know, it's like, if they could have gotten him, then all well and good. But, You know, since they weren't going to, you know, get over that, into that market, I just don't think they say, well, we have $150 million here that we were going to use for Yamamoto, which is probably, you know, low, but still. Um, So we're now we're going to turn around and use it on somebody else. I I don't know that they do that. I mean, I'm not ruling out them, son, but I think if they, I think if they get another starter, it's coming by a trade. Yeah. Um, because I think that we've heard Mo say so often over the last couple of years, right. Um, It's hard to bring in a free agent when there's not a guaranteed spot. And right now there's five starters. And so now look, you and I know everybody knows that Steve Matz can be go to the bullpen or, or something like that. But you know, if you sign somebody, well, I mean, if you signed a Montgomery, then obviously he's going to play, right. And he, and he knows that if he's going to St. Louis, he's going to be the, number two starter. I mean, he knows that. I would think that would be an issue. Um, You know, maybe somebody like Lucas Giolito, who you're not 100% sure where he fits into this rotation, might hesitate. But I think somebody with enough value knows they're going to have a spot in St. Louis. So I I don't know. But my guess would be they, they trade for a starting pitcher if they do that. And, you know, the longer this goes on, and, you know, that's part of the downside of them doing all their activity you know basically at thanksgiving and here we are at christmas you start thinking this may be it right this may be all there is and i i mean i don't know i mean they keep kind of leaving the door open but i feel like in the past they've left doors open and then all of a sudden we're here we are and you know in jupiter with the with the team that you've got
1: yeah, that's, and, and you know what? This isn't going to be the popular opinion, I don't think, but I would honestly, I would be fine with what it, it, it is at what it is. I mean, there's, they're they're rounded off. I mean, I feel like, it, one, I don't think they're done because I think that they're really going to play in the bullpen, but I, I feel like, like they have the feeling that the, some of the guys that they brought in under the radar are going to help in the pin, too. And I think that some of that, one of the guys is the, is the, uh, um, is the, uh, uh the uh is the draftee from the winter meetings the yeah the rule five guy that uh i think there's a little bit of hope that they're going to come in i feel like the o'brien guy i feel like there's some hope with him but i do still think that they probably bring in a a bullpen piece and that being said with all the big movements i i would kind of be happy with what they have right now i think there is i mean i share the sentiment i feel like last year was a everything that could go wrong did go wrong type situation. I think they cleaned out some of the roster that, that I think they had issues with uh, that, um, you know, sometimes, you know, the bad times bring out the, the worst in people. And I feel like some of the, some of that was moved off the roster. Um, I, I would, I just, in a world where you see that, uh, you know, the, the team with the most money, which makes it easiest to go and be ultra aggressive and do some things. It would be nice to see, like I mean, I think that you hit it perfectly. That you have when you bring in a uh, when you bring in that free agent, it has to be a guy that that's a lock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would like for the Cardinals to make it uncomfortable for the roster a little bit. You know what I mean? If you were to bring yeah. that guy, and that's kind of was was my point, what I'm saying. But uh, you're you're right. I mean, the likelihood of that happening is, is extremely low. I. I've my question I want to throw to you though, what's more likely a Montgomery or a hater?
0: Oh. you know I, you know you initially want to say hater because they are working on the bullpen, but I don't I don't think they want to spend the money they're gonna spend on a piece a bullpen piece. That's to take. I mean, look at the fact that the Padres signed Matsui out of Japan, who the Cardinals had been linked to yeah. quite a bit for four years at twenty one million. Which the money is nothing, right? I mean, the Card- that was that's not a big deal. I don't think the Cardinals liked the four years, and I don't think they liked you know some other things probably that situation. But you know, Hater's are probably going to take that four years, and it's going to be you know triple that, right? Um, I I think that. I don't think either one's very likely. I guess I would probably pick Hater before Montgomery just because, you know, they do have the five starters and they need a bullpen piece. And, you know, they've talked about shortening games and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it's a little bit more likely, but I don't think it's going to happen either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I wondered about that whenever uh fine Sand came out and said that there was a link, I, I wondered who put that out, you know, because if I'm not mistaken, Hayter may be a Boris guy. And, uh, you know, I, I read somewhere where he, where Boris represents like five or six of the, of the guys that are available now, which could mean that we could be, it could get really stale and, and slow, slower now than what we potentially thought was going to happen. Um, uh, you know, after the Yamamoto signing. So I don't know. But, yeah, I would think that they're going to be in uh, in bullpen mode the rest of the way out. I mean, as, as disappointing as that may be because, you know, the idea of them adding another starter would, boy, that would be awesome. Especially when the fact that you don't know that the Cubs have, haven't have done the things that we were worried were going they were going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Cincinnati hasn't been in play with much, and they're going to kind of rely on the youth to come back through. Um, and then you have uh, Milwaukee, who you don't know what they are, and, and quite honestly, you don't know if Burns is going to be there. Um, yeah. And that, you know, I feel like you could maybe be the best team in the division now, whether we don't want to admit it or not, And but you could really do that and, and win a look like a team that could win a series if you added another big-time starter. So, you know, things yeah. that we talk about a lot, but, you know, just gets out of their comfort zone a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, it's hard to imagine. And, and I know we've seen it, and you know everybody wants to make the references and stuff like that, which is cool and fun. But it is hard to imagine that even if this Cardinal team made it to the playoffs, which you're right, I, I think right now they're probably the favorite in the National League Central, but that's such a low bar. Um, you know, if you got them into a seven-game series with the Dodgers or something like that, it's very, very difficult to imagine the Cardinals pulling out that series, right? It's kind of hard to imagine them winning a game right now. Now, again, a lot of this is on paper. We don't know how is going to you know, come over. We don't know injuries. We don't know any of that stuff. But just on paper, it is difficult to imagine. What Let going. me throw something out, too. And this is one of those
1: that's uh, about as non-analytical as possible. But uh, you never want to win the offseason. That never works out well for you. You know, I know that they're they're uh, they're doing the things that that they have to do. I get it, and they're the Dodgers, and, and trust me, mine's more envy than anger. That it's it's one of those things. that I was like, that's pretty cool because the minute that you saw Shohei do that, hey, I became a a, a bigger fan of Shohei, and, mm-hmm. and the way that the Dodgers were able to handle that, I'm like, that's pretty awesome to be to uh, to be a fan base of something of of, of that kind of you know of, right. of having that kind of luxury. Let's put it that way. Um, but still, I mean, it, it's still on paper. You're right. And, uh, it's, it's one of those situations where that's a whole lot of money on a guy that may never pitch again. And one that is untested in this market, you know, that's it's, there's a lot of risk that comes with it.
0: Yeah. I will say, you know, I know 20, whatever it's been now, 20, 25 years almost when, when money was getting started and the analytic revolution was really getting started. You know, that was the way for poor teams like Oakland, like Tampa Bay to compete with big teams. But it was always the risk. There's always the issue that one of those big teams was going to take somebody from there. They were going to be smart and rich at the same time, right? For a while there, you had smart teams and you had rich teams, but you didn't have a whole lot of smart, rich teams. The Dodgers are a smart, rich team. Yeah. They've got you know, Friedman from, from Tampa Bay and he's been there a long time. They'd make the right moves. And so I get what you're I know what you're saying was about, you know, don't you don't you don't win the off season. Much like you apparently you don't win spring training, but that's another story. Um yeah. you know, but um but I think that a lot of times when we talk about winning the off season, it's just people that just go out and, and throw money around to some degree, right? You know, they get these guys in and they don't necessarily think about like the, the Padres, you know, they're bringing in all these infielders, right? You know, it was Bogarts and the Head Ted and they, you know, they go get started. It's like, you know, how does this all fit together? The Dodgers, I feel like they know how it all fits together, right? I, I feel like this wasn't a, this wasn't a publicity thing. This was a, these are the best players. These players fit our system and we're going to do whatever we can to get them. Um, and so I, I mean, yeah. Do the Dodgers win the World Series next year? You know, there's a decent chance they don't because of the nature of the playoffs. But are they going to win the National League West for the next, you know, 15 years? Sometimes it's hard to imagine they don't, right? I mean, this is um, this is a team that's that's smart and it's got resources, and that's a difficult thing to to break. Sure. I
1: mean, is it? Do, do you? Is it a situation too where you kind of – it makes you admire what the Diamondbacks have done as well. To where mm-hmm. you're just go, so let's go build from a strength. This we see what the Dodgers are doing. Let's uh, let's go get another arm. Let's just see how much we can compete with them, you know, type situation. And, and heck, we won the division, you know, type situation, right. or uh, you know, we beat them in a series, basically. Um, you know, I don't know. It's been a lot of fun, regardless of how you want to look at it. You're it's it's one of those that yeah, you, it's easy to make the Dodgers the bad guy. But the West has become a lot of fun because you see that uh, you know, the the Padres have, have kind of reached their limit on what they can spend. And now it is uh you know, back down to earth and and, and clear that out the best you can and, and let's go out and compete with uh with a team that has a finite amount of money. I mean it's 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 been it's been a lot of, it's been a fun off season. although one team has, has reaped the rewards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, and that is part of, you know, yeah, you see Arizona going out and do something because they know they have to compete. And, you know, to some degree, that's why the Cardinals don't haven't been right. And we've talked about this before, you know, because the division is so weak, you know, you can go out and do, you know, some bare bones stuff. Um, and you've got guys like Goldschmidt and Arnado and all that, and you're going to win the division and that's great. And you're going to get to the playoffs and then we'll see what happens. Well, the problem is is you're not anywhere good enough compared to the other teams. And so, you know, yes, the postseason be a crapshoot, but the dice are still not in your favor, right? I mean, they're, you know, you're just, you're hoping for luck and that's a terrible way to try to win a a postseason series, uh, especially when you're coming in as a lower seed. So, you know, I think there are. I think the card. I don't want to say they've gotten complacent, but I think there is some idea of let's just win the division and and not looking at the fact that the division isn't that strong. I mean, even Milwaukee over the last couple of years, when they won it, you know, we've talked about it, right? They've had their flaws. They've they've had issues, and they shouldn't be a team that's winning the division, yeah. and yet they are. Um, you know, if the Cubs were doing things like the you know, the Dodgers, which they have the money and the resources to do that. And they a fairly smart team, unfortunately, um, you know, maybe that would push the Cardinals to do a little more, but then again, they, they almost get a perverse pleasure out of not reacting to what the other teams have done. Right. And so I don't know. I don't know what it takes, you know, I don't know if they winning the division this year, if they just get, you know, two middle line pitchers and a, a starter that, you know, wanted to come to St. Louis and didn't necessarily break the bank anyway. um, If that reinforces bad habits to some degree, um, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I don't, I still feel like, and I think we've talked about a lot. I still feel like there needs to be a little bit more, a little bit different approach to things, but you know, again, it's also hard to shape with what's working, which is at least winning baseball games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, um, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it, it's all around and, and, uh, the uh, baseball just it has gotten to be so weird in that aspect because you, you how in your, this can go down a rabbit hole real easy and, uh, probably, uh, one that you don't want to talk about, but, <laughs> but, uh, how much has the extended playoff added to this?
0: I mean, it's got to add some, right? I mean, that was one of my major arguments against that is, yeah. you know, if you're talking about just getting in, well, it does, you know, if if the top six teams get in, you don't have to do much in theory. Sure. Um, you know, you can just... Now, it does help that, the, I guess maybe helps a little bit because they have that extra incentive of the top two not having to play the first round, but then... You know what? We've seen that. That's not necessarily as a complete advantage either. Um, You know, and and I've talked about this. We've talked about it since the wild card came around. You know, all you have to do is try to make a team that wins 87, 88 games. You don't have to worry about trying to win 93, 94, 95. You know, you you aim for 90, and if you come a little short, oh, well, you're still probably in. I, I, and I don't think it's just a cardinal issue. I think there's a lot of, of baseball issue there. Um, I also think that on the other side of that is it makes teams think they're in the race when they're not. And so you don't have as much activity around the deadline and stuff. Sure, um, But, you know, baseball's got to. And we saw it this week, right? They, they put out new tinkering with the rules again, which, you know, seemed pretty stupid overall. I mean, you know. They shortened what they shortened the pitch clock, um, which you know was anybody complaining about? I think everybody was fairly pretty much happy with the pitch clock, and then you know they're they're going to tinker with that already. And um, what well, if you warm up on the mound, you got a pitch to a batter? I, it's I don't know, some strange stuff, and I just don't you know, if they just leave things alone. But um, you know, baseball baseball is going to baseball.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's uh, well, and it was funny. Bo Porter was on uh, MLB Network. Man, it gosh, it was well before I say that, but yeah, it it was before the winter meetings. I do know that, mm-hmm. but he was diagramming all of them already. That uh, you know, I don't know what what competition committee he served on, but uh, but yeah, he was he was talking about the about about it quite a bit, and they really focused on the uh, the running rules at first base about how they. Uh, he, he, there's not a clear cut strategy on that anyway. So the, uh, yeah. you know, they, he had, they, he kind of, uh, that was kind of the focus on what he was talking about, but, but yeah, I, so I'd kind of known those were coming, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it does kind of seem like, uh, you know, a, a lot of the focus anymore is just shortening the games. They've been successful with it right now. I just hope they don't do it too much.
0: Well, and that, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? We're going to um, shorten the game, shorten the, the game and do Do you turn up and, you know, in a couple of years, it's an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And, you know, then it just becomes, well, baseball's like a TV show to some degree, right? I mean, there's got to be at least some investment in this, um, you know, and, and I'm sure it won't get to, you know, I say that I'm sure I, I'm exaggerating things, but still, I mean, I, we've, it's an argument we we've talked about, it. It's, it's less about time and more about pace, right? I mean, you know, you can have, a three-hour game but if, if, if things are moving along and it's a you know a close game I, nobody complains right it's yeah it's those you know 15 to 4 games that are you know running four hours long that you know that the especially the american league was doing um that caused all this you know real angst about things so I, you know, I don't know. You know, I've I've argued on that a lot, and I'm I'm the old guy that wants to <laughs> thinks all the new stuff is terrible. But um, it's I uh, I don't I, I I don't I don't know if we'll ever go reverse paths of than what we're doing, and if not, then yeah, the games are going to continue to get shorter. And I don't know that that makes necessarily for better baseball.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, it's you know, I am. I'm all for the non-three and a half hour games. I mean, the 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 Monday or the Sunday night games in a midnight type situation. I get it. I do think there is a line that you that you don't cross where you you know you can kind of cut into the competition factor of it a little bit, which, which concerns me,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, and that's I mean, part of it's just all the information that's out there right now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, yeah, and we've we've seen that with um, you know changing the shift that you know they're getting to the point where they're going to limit how much information you can use sure um, and that's i think somewhat with pitch clock too is you know you're going to tell a player no you can't sit there and you know process the fact that he just threw you a, a slider on the black and now what does that mean you got to get back in the box and just hit um, which doesn't seem to me i mean and i guess i'd have to look and see uh how it worked this year but it, you know, naturally doesn't seem to me like it's a thing that would increase offense, which is what they're in theory trying to do. Is if you've just got guys up there, you know, trying to hit, but then maybe I don't know, maybe it has different impacts that's, um, uh, I'm not really thinking about on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock in the morning. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you don't think they're done. Is that, is that what I'm getting?
1: I wouldn't think so. I mean, I as much as I would love to see another starter grabbed, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I, like I, my issue turns into I just I feel like there if there was enough smoke with Yamamoto and you were in it and you had a set amount of money that you thought about doing, is there any way you could redirect? I think that the the chances of that with Montgomery are are, are small, but man, you know him, and gosh, I don't I don't know. He, he, I, I'm a huge fan anyway. I wish that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're going to play in the bullpen a little bit. I think that may become, may come um, trade via trade a little bit, but you know, at this point, I mean, what, 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 uh, trade pieces do they have left? If, Cause I feel like it's, you probably could have moved Gorman already. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not, I don't, I just don't feel like any of those things are going to happen now. So, so I, I, I'm really, I'm not sure. I think that, uh, it, I felt like a trade was almost certain probably 3 weeks ago just because you knew that O'Neill wasn't coming back. Right. So they moved that, they moved that piece. I don't know what else they have to trade at this point to uh, to to bring in to, to bring in somebody, but I do feel like to answer your question, I do feel like they will bring in some someone to uh, fortify the bullpen.
0: Yeah, I mean first of all, I mean I'm just looking at roster resource right now, which is not 100% maybe not 100% accurate how how things you look at things, but you know, right now they're about $3 million short on payroll from what they were at the end of last year. And they're talking about, you know, getting back on pace. They were talking about, you know, getting closer to the $200 million range for, and I don't know that they were completely used those numbers, but it was, you know, Derek Gould wrote about it and that's seemed to be inclined with the you know, at least 190 to $195 million going into the season. Well, you know, right now that's like $20 million more. So, you know, if they're going to do that, and again, I don't want them just throwing money around to throw money around, but it does feel like, you know, you could get a, you could go get a Montgomery and still probably stay under the, the threshold. I mean, they've got about, let's see, they've got 35, 34 and a half million dollars roughly to between them and the first luxury tax um, threshold. And I know they, they judge that at the end of the year. So, you know, if you add on in the year, you've got to factor that in, but you know, you're still probably looking at, you know, $25 million or so that you could be spending this off season, you know, whether they will or not, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think you're probably right that they want to do the bullpen, but I haven't sat down and looked at this roster because you know, you're going to have people going back and forth, right? You got to have that flexibility. So you can't lock the 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 bullpen in with a whole bunch of pieces that can't move, um, because you want to be able to <clears throat> have a guy like, uh, you know, Robertson, uh, who came over in the Tyler O'Neill trade, to be able to go up and down, right? Um, yeah, just fresh arms and stuff like that. But you <clears throat> you look at, you know. Ryan Fernandez is your real five guy. He's not. He can't go anywhere. You got Gallegos and Helsley, and um, I guess that's probably those three. Those two guys aren't going anywhere. <clears throat> so there's three of your bullpen pieces right there. Um, you know, you'd like to, see, you know, or, or Romero. You've got other pieces that can go back and forth, but you start getting another. If you get another guy that can't, you go out and get a big piece. I mean, that's four out of what. Yeah, you know eight, half your bullpen is is locked. Yeah. That still that still leaves a little bit of flexibility. So so they probably would, but you know, you know, that's assuming you're going to send Jojo Romero and I need to check, let me see real quick if I can see if there's any anybody that doesn't have options that I think does now, but uh you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think that I don't. I, I imagine they'll probably bring in another bullpen arm, but I also feel like it's probably an arm that you know has some flexibility. I don't know that it's a a big name. I don't know, Romero's got no options either, so he's he's up or you get rid of him. So there's yeah. there's four. If you get another piece, that's five, and you have three on the edges. Um, I don't know. I, I'm very very interested because I. I really thought we talked about it how much they'd turn over the 40 man and how much how much difference <laughs> this would be. And they have to some degree because they, you know, they've gotten rid of some people and all that, but this roster doesn't feel except for the maybe the three new pitchers, but it doesn't really feel significantly different than last year. Um, you know, Sonny Grays there instead of Jordan Montgomery. You've got Lynn and um Gibson instead of Wainwright and Flaherty, who, I mean, Flaherty was considered a little bit higher than than that level last year. But, you know, the, the the lineup's still basically the same. The bullpen's not changing. It doesn't feel significantly different. Now, again, going into last year, we thought this was a pretty good team. So it's not saying, I'm not saying that we're looking at another 71 wins or anything like that, but it still doesn't feel... Like it's a whole brand new team or anything like that.
1: No, it's, I guess to pull the layers back, I want to ask, are you, are you, I don't know how to word it. Are you, uh, are you satisfied with gray or are you disappointed in gray? And is some of that disappointment coming from the fact that we've seen him so much?
0: I think I'm satisfied with Gray. I am I'm disappointed that the Cardinals didn't make him like a two or at least give him competition for the one. Yeah. Um I think when you put Gray and a bunch of five four or five starters is not as great as putting Gray and even a two and then three four or five starters, you know. Sure. I, I think I think we're going to be happy with Gray. I think that, you know, it does, you know, he has been around for a while. I think that's the other thing It's the age issue, but I, I think we'll probably be pretty content with him, but it does feel like they got the lowest quote, quote, ace that they could. Yeah. Um, instead of really reaching a little higher.
1: Well, and you know, we had talked about that where it felt like that would have been, that made the most sense when we were kind of doing some, offseason prognostications it was like the the gray link made the most sense because it was going to be the least amount of years and there was a lot of familiarity there and that Montgomery had probably pitched himself out of of the price range that um that the cardinals were willing to spend and that Yamamoto was the was the unicorn that they were going to uh that this was going to be the one thing they were going to break the mold on you know type situation so yeah you're right i i just asked that just because i think that there's a lot of I, I think there's a lot of, kind of what you just said, I it, it's it's that level of of uh, frustration with the fan base to think that they had to take the easy way out or the path to the least resistance type move, which I say that about them all the time. That I, I think we, we may be overlooking the fact that Gray is a lot better than what we've seen and had may have reached his potential when he was with some of the teams that, that weren't through St. Louis as much as they were.
0: Yeah, I, I, I said I don't have any any problem with Gray, and I'm interested to, to see him. But again, with the arms that were on the on the market, you felt yeah. like, man, you know, one, if you're getting this early, you need to keep adding on instead of being content. Um, and again, you know, we don't know. There is, you know, we always say baseball is a business, and then everybody forgets the business part of that because we don't see books. We don't know how much money. I mean, sure. Making, I'm glad. Making, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, they're, they're making a ton of money. I, I'm not going to argue that, but you know, the, the Valley contract is, is an issue. I mean, they know they're going to get paid this year. They're probably that contract's gone after this year. I mean, it's supposed yeah. to run until 2030, but you know, from all indications are that diamonds quitting business, at the end of, you know, like August, September. So Cardinals are going to get paid because they're like the most profitable team that there's out there. I think for, for Valley, uh, one of the top ones. So they were always going to be the last one that the that gave up. So they're good for this year. And which is another reason that I was really surprised that they backloaded Sonny Gray's contract instead of front loading it because they knew they'd have the money this year. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's other reasons. Um, you know, there are other factors to come in there, but the Cardinals, you know, Cardinals are, are, are more affected by attendance than a lot of other teams. So you would think that, you know, making a little bit more noise in the off season would have been beneficial for them to getting people in right now. It's like, I mean, you're going to go for the players, obviously, but, you know, when you're looking at opening day tickets, you know, or, or when you want to go, you're not, I mean, you've got to try to figure out when Gray is going to pitch because that's the only new, big new name that you're going to. I mean, I don't know how much Lance Lynn and, you know, Kyle Gibson move the needle. Um, unlike, again, a Yamamoto, which, you know, then you've got the whole hoopla, you've got everybody that's wanting to buy tickets, you've got people in Japan wanting to buy tickets, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a lot of, of moving parts that we don't necessarily see. And again, you know, yes, Bill DeWitt's worth $4 billion. And and you would think that there's a ways to liquidate some of those assets that he has, but he's also the front front face of what, 20 partners or something like that. Yeah. That's
1: that. I think that that's the fact that gets forgotten. It's Mm -hmm. the, yes, it's the, uh, yeah, the majority ownership, but he's not a single guy, you know? And I, I, I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they're, they, you know there's expectations there's there's you know dividends expected again okay yes that's the rich getting richer and and all that and i get that and there is the idea of baseball as a business versus the baseball as a public trust is hard to reconcile right i mean you know i get that we you know we don't necessarily complain about how much apple makes um when they're charging thousand dollars for a phone um but we do, you know, because our money goes to the baseball team, we tend to feel like we have a little bit more to say in the matter. Um, again, that's not to get the, 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 the front office off the hook, because I do think they could do more, but I do, but there are times where we don't factor in the business side of things and the market and all that other stuff as well. And I, the same way I, but so I don't know. I, I I feel like I feel like they're very uncertain about some of that stuff. Um, I feel like that's just adding to their natural conservative approach to things. And so, yeah, I you know even though they said payroll's going to go up, um, or they hope to get it in that area, you know, I could easily you know with the other things because some of this ballot stuff has happened probably since then, I could, you know, easily see them saying, okay, well, we did what we can do and we'll keep our powder dry for midseason." season. Sure. You know, on the trade deadline, um, which is, you know, if you do it enough in the off season, you don't have to worry about the trade deadline as much usually, but um, you know, it's, it's something I, I mean, it's not a choice I would think I would make. And again, without seeing, you know, bottom line financials and where money is going, it's it's very difficult to say they're making the right choices
1: yeah the you're right I mean that's that was extremely well put by the way And the and I thought about that a lot because even I was listening to foul territory which is a good podcast by the way and I was listening to it the other day and they were talking about it was actually Brzezinski who of course has experience here right he made that comment he said he goes, the Cardinals can't afford these things. He goes, they have the the third or fourth richest owner in baseball. Mm-hmm. But he did make the comment. He said, but they're not as successful as they are by doing, they make the decisions. And while people are going to be unhappy because it doesn't always result in world series. He said, it's also one of the teams that never has to rebuild. You never have, you know, this is the outlier year. Right. He said, and that's where a lot of this comes from. He said, so basically trust the process is what he was trying to say, but but uh, it was in, in regard to Yamamoto, where they are where they are because they don't give out three hundred million dollar contracts to when mm-hmm. you uh, in in a risk, and, you know, and to build on that. That's that's the one thing you and I have talked about for seven eight years that that the Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, you know, those are the luxury the luxury those teams have because they can afford a mistake. That's where, while the Cardinals, yes, could probably do it without folding. They can't afford a a $12 million mistake, you know, where the most teams can.
0: Yeah. To some degree. I I agree with that to some, to some point, but you're right. They, they, it becomes harder to do that. But then you look at the contracts they have given out the, the Brett Cecil's, the Dexter Fowler's, um, and, and those aren't, you know, huge contracts, but they're pretty big contracts to have to, you know, consider dead weight, um, especially for a guy like Cecil who, you know, they wanted, they thought they were setting a market and, and starting a trend and that just, you know, completely blew up in their faces. Um, so I don't know. I think that you're more likely to get I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you can make the argument that okay, you go out and throw. Assuming you could have done. Assuming Yamamoto's in your price range, which he obviously wasn't, but say that he is. You know, the odds of him being terrible for twelve years are slim, right? I mean, you're going to miss a year for injury, most likely. Sure. You're going to have a couple years at the end that are down. Of course, he's got opt. Yeah, he had opt outs in there too. Yeah. But the odds are you're going to get value when you start calculating, you know, dollars per war out of that contract. I bet, the, I bet the Dodgers get that even with missing a year or two, I bet he makes enough war over that contract that it's worth that, that the value's there. Right. So I don't know. It's hard to say, because if you're never going to, if you're never going to be able to handle that mistake, you're never going to be able to get the good players, which means you're only going to be stuck in this temperate zone if you will uh for the rest of time um you know the, the goldilocks zone of not too hot and not too cold but just right
1: yeah. you know you're
0: never gonna be a really good team unless unless you really improve your drafting right because the, the cardinals of the 04, 05, 06 you know they had pool holes because of drafting they had edmonds because of a trade that you can't make anymore and you had Scott Rowland for a trade you probably can't make anymore. You know, you, the yeah. trading the trading part of that aspect is gone, right? And you can't really. It's difficult to get those kind of guys, although not impossible. I, mean, I think we've seen Soto bounce around a couple of times now, um, but you if they can go out and draft, if they can figure out how to draft a pitcher that turns into a Yamamoto, you know, all of a sudden they're a top top, top team, right? I mean, they've they've got to be doing something there a little bit better, especially on the pitching side. And once they get that figured out, you know, maybe they can go back to that, you know, 2012, 2013 level where, you know, they're putting together a a playoff, a, a very good playoff team for the prices they feel better about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's, it's one of those to where I'm, I can't, I should have – I've been looking at the uh, their baseball reference roster right now, and, and I mm-hmm. should probably um, be looking up Gray's contract before I, I make this comment. But I, I still am just so apprehensive to them to sign a $30 million deal. You know, You know, mm. I, you know it, it's – I don't know. And and it's also it, – it turns into one of those situations where, you know, we're pretty happy with where they are. I mean, the, the World Series runs – you know, are memorable and, and, but they're, you know, I don't know. I kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth on this one a little bit, I guess just because I I would, while I wanted the, the Yamamoto deal. i am always skeptical of the Far East pitching. Even after seeing Senga, I was like, man, I was really impressed with him. So it's not to say that that's not the move I wanted them to make, but I at the at, I would not have wanted to see them make the move of what the Dodgers did. Let's put it that way.
0: And I think that's fair. I mean, like we say, anybody's not, you know, any other pitchers probably not getting 12 years, but no other pitcher comes on the market at, you know, mm-hmm. early 20s either, especially with that kind of track record. Yeah. I do think the Cardinals, like I said, I think that people are scouting that area more getting a better idea of what, how that translates. You know, I mean, the Cardinals were very, very proud. Uh, We, we know we were at the blogger days when they were talking about it, right. When they signed Miles Michaelis, they were, you know, just over the moon because they feel like that meant that they had a real good grasp on Asian pitching and, and what would translate and they had seen something in Michaelis that would translate. Now I think there's an argument to be made that Michaelis hasn't been quite as good as, you know, they thought he was after that, 18 year but he's definitely been a quality pitcher sure there's no doubt about that so yeah i i mean i get it yeah it's it's an interesting situation with Yamamoto, and i i i don't fault the cardinals for not i don't fault the cardinals for not getting him i would fault the cardinals for not being at least fairly active in that market um you know at least trying to you know make a play see what you can get I mean, I mean, we, we know the Scherzer story, right? The, the the guy that he said, you know, the big player, he says, the Cardinals just make me an offer, you know, in the ballpark of what I'm getting. I don't have to have top dollar and they never bothered to you know talk to him. Um, you know, you can't do that kind of stuff. You know, you've got to at least, even if you're, even if you feel kind of silly putting in your $150 million against the Dodgers, 325, you know, do it, see what happens. Um, if you can um i i don't think and i hope they don't shy away from negotiations just because they don't think they can play in that you know maybe you can't maybe you get in there and you say hey nope, you're not gonna be able to do that but you know make the player tell you that make the player say i've got an offer of 50 million dollars more and then you say okay well you should take that offer (laughs) you know that kind of thing um I, I, I hope that they're doing that. I, I don't know, you know, again, front office, it doesn't say a lot. Um, we know there were no reported meetings of Yamamoto with the front office, but, you know, maybe they were using nude as a conduit. I don't know. Maybe they were just saying, nope, we're not going to do this. I, I, you know, maybe we'll find out sometime along the way. Um, but if they were just saying, well, we just didn't feel like we could handle it. Then I I think that. They have, you know, they're underselling themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I would, I, I get the gut feeling that they were in play at, at one point
0: and, yeah.
1: uh, they wanted to see what it was. I think that they probably looked at some kind of a roster, uh, some kind of, uh, uh, how do I put it? So it had some kind of, uh, roster makeup to make it work. You know what I mean? One of those things where I doubt it was 12 years and I doubt, it, uh, you know, I, I think that they were willing to get creative on some point on, on some part of it. Um, I would I would guess that they probably went out of it re- relatively early when they saw what what other teams were going to uh, do and that may have been in November, whenever they had looked around and thought, okay, we know these teams that need them. we, uh, we know we, we think we can afford. Let's kind of see what we we have here, and I could see that, that that they may have bowed out early, but I it, it, there was definitely an interest.
0: Well, and, it, and and I will say also, as much as what Newt was saying recently about the Cardinals may have a shot, and he was telling them St. Louis, it's very possible the Cardinals found out even back in November that he was just going to play on a coast. Yeah. And, and there's nothing you can do about that. In sure. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you can go off for like $400 million, but, you know, you'd have to really go over the top over te- teams that are going to go high. So it's very difficult to, to break that. So it is, you know, it's possible that, you know, Nuke got back to him and said, hey, look, he's just going to play on the coast as much, you know, I can't, can't get him off of that or something like that. And that's when they quickly pivoted to Gray and, and all that. I also think that, you know, Gray's market might've moved faster than they thought and they weren't going to get caught empty handed. Um, they had to have pitching. And even if that meant, you know, giving up on, on that dream early, um, they were going to lock down, you know, burden the hands for two in the bush type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, there, there are reasons and, and, and things like that. I just, I hope that if that was, I hope if they had a chance that they took it, um, whether they did or not, I guess we'll we may never know.
1: Well, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there was enough smoke that there was something there. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's also anybody can say, well, every team reached out to him, you know, type right. of situation. Right. But I think there was genuine interest there. <clears throat> I think that they were playing in the uh, in that market because, and I, I think the Matsui interest probably brings, it probably means that they were they were spending a lot of resources to play in that market. You know, and I'm yeah. I'm completely wrong. I don't know, but that's
0: just the feeling I get on it. Yeah, I think that and I think if there are pictures that keep coming out of Japan, I know there's another there was a, another one. I cannot remember his name that was talking about being posted this year. It's probably not going to get posted this year because it was so late in the process and all that kind of stuff. But maybe next year. Um, but if there are pictures of a Yamamoto type, I mean, obviously, there's not going to be as good as him. But, you know, the big name guy out of out of Japan next year or the year after. I think the Cardinals, you know, have the apparatus to possibly be involved with that. You know, um, you know again, if, if these guys are going to want to play on the coast because of travel and things of that nature and exposure and stuff like that, then it's going to be difficult for the Cardinals to do that. Um, but if they can find somebody that's, that's just interested in, in playing in a good baseball town, then... You know, they may have a shot, um, but you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. So anyway, um, but yeah, it, so we, winter warmup is what less than a month away. Do you think, you know, is for me, I know they've made moves after the winter warmup. I mean, the our auto news was made after wearing warm up. warmup, but for the most part, it feels like that's your team right there. Right. So that's, three weeks or so. I mean, when, when do you think something happens? If something happens between now and then,
1: man, I would think that, uh, if it was anything, it'd be next week. You know, well, after the, after the year, I would think, um, and, and we'll see, but you know, uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, there's a whole lot of names that are still left out there, but man, there's a whole lot of teams that, uh, that were that came into this really willing to spend a lot of money this year. that haven't done anything, you know, so which, yeah. which makes me a little kid, a little nervous on some of these, but uh, yeah, I would think if anything's done, it'll probably be done right at the first of the year kind of wrap things up. And then, you know, it, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those years as well to where you you see the the signing right before spring training, if not in spring training, that just doesn't feels like a mismatched piece, and 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 it turns out to be a producer, you know, type situation. They they do that a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, be interesting. I also think it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if they get the Goldschmidt extension done. This, you know, there's that. I, I was going to bring that up.
1: Yeah, I and that wouldn't. Well, yeah, I. For some reason that makes me think that that's going to be a two year maybe a, with a third year option situation that probably gets done relatively quickly
0: yeah I think I think both sides want that to do that you know um, Goldie has said he doesn't necessarily want to play into his 40s so you know that would be a, about right um, he's still a productive guy um, and obviously they got to spend their money somewhere um, but yeah I guess he's the only one that's really up for an extension. Um, I mean, Tommy Edmund, maybe he's in arbitration right now. He's got another year of arbitration. I, you know, I would not like to, see, I don't think that <laughs> you to extend to Tommy Edmond. We've had this yeah. discussion before. Um, I think you're, it's a guy that you can play through arbitration and then, you know, let him see if he can find something on the free agent market. Um, but you know, they like their guys too. So, um, We'll see. But yeah, uh, there's, some, there's some things coming along that'll be interesting. Um, but that's pretty much it for now. Before we wrap it up, though, I mean, this is Christmas time. So, Alan, is there a cardinal gift you have gotten in the past? Or are there cardinal Christmas memories, decorations, anything like that that's that's in your household? Okay. I'm so glad you texted me when
1: you did about... About gifts, because this week we we brought up some gifts that we've had in the past, and I have a gut punch gift that that, I, that I'm going to tell you about. Now I will say this: what's really cool about my family is uh, we're all big Cardinals fans. Anyway, you know we the talk of our St. Louis trips have already begun. Having the kids home, we love going up there. I get a Cardinal themed a uh, ornament every year and not necessarily a St. Yeah. Louis Cardinals theme, but a, a Cardinal theme. Like we have a ton of Cardinals in our decorations and, and all kinds yeah. of stuff. And it's mainly because we Cardinals fans. So you'll remember this. And I'm sure some, some uh, uh, listeners may remember this, but I've had two fantastic. One was a, uh, one was a birthday gift is when I had commissioner's box tickets. And I was there yeah. when, when Jaime went seven perfect innings and we were in the commissioner's box that night against Milwaukee. It was amazing, amazing fun. It was one of the best nights. But Amber kind of built on on that and bought me a, a fantastic gift for Christmas of 2019. That tells you anything. She got me a flex pack. And her and I were going to go to six games that year, only to have the pandemic ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah, and uh, I've tried to talk her into this one but she's just afraid a pandemic will come back is her excuse to not buy me tickets i would think yes.
0: Amber yes. ruined yes. the world by, by yes. buying you yes. tickets
1: i mean i'm 46 i turned 47 last week of all the hundreds of cardinals games I've, I've gone to in both in both bush stadiums i've never been to a cubs game and i had mm. tickets to two of them <laughs> in that pack and uh yeah you know the uh Yeah. That would be my luck that a hundred year pandemic hits the year that I get my flex pack
0: tickets. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That is, that
1: is, that was it.
0: I have been to a Cubs Cardinals game once I got uh, tickets through the trainer at the time. And, uh, it was a, it was a good game prior pitched, uh, and it was one to nothing going to the eighth and then, uh, Pujols hit a home run and tied it and, the Cubs won it in the ninth, but still, it was a, a pretty good game to be at. So, that's the only only Cardinals stuff game that I've been to. So, um, anyway, well, I mean, we've got, of course, I have, yeah, I've got, it's like you, I've gotten Cardinal things here and there. I've got a tree that's sitting precariously behind me in this chair um, that is completely baseball and Cardinals and stuff like that. So, it's got red decorations, but also Cardinal de- different decorations from you know 06 and 11 and and various other things mcguire ball on there too and stuff like that so um but just pretty cool um i I can't think of any i I know i got a jersey one year from my parents my my actually a couple years ago my wife got some fabric at hobby on cardinal fabric from hobby lobby made made me good long blanket which i use quite regularly so that might be one of the better ones but uh Anyway, if you're listening and you've got Cardinal gifts you want to share with us, tweet at us. Uh, you can use the Meet Me Mutual. You can use us. You can email us whatever you want to do. Um, if this is our last one, and it's a good chance that this will be our last show for 2023, just wanted to say I uh, appreciate everybody that's been listening. Um, this has been our biggest year as we continue. It seems like every year uh, we get a higher uh, number of downloads, a higher number of aver- average, you know, we shifted to fans first this year and uh, I have not heard anybody complain about the commercials. I appreciate that. Um, and so we've gotten a little bit of of money out of this deal so that we can cover the expenses that we have, uh, which has been nice. Um, we just hope that you'll join us again in 2024 and hopefully we have a much better season to talk about, but until then for Alan I'm Daniel good night thank you and good night shooter from the belt to the plate a swing and a miss and that's a winner that's a winner a world series winner for the Cardinals